Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Okay, are you ready to study the Word of God? All right, let's do it. Get out your sermon notes. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, We're in a series, the third week of a series, Five Steps to Wreck Your Life. And uh, today, it it is five steps to ruin your life with your tongue, with your tongue. Now, if you know me, this is one of those um, uh, topics that I am extremely passionate about, uh, the power of words. Uh, um, again, I've taught you this a, a thousand times, and I'll teach it to you still. Words are powerful and produce results. Now, today we're going to go down a little bit different of a vein, how to, how to ruin your life in five easy steps, how to ruin your life in five easy steps just simply by using your tongue. And actually, the Bible has a lot to say about your tongue, and one of the most famous portions of Scripture is found in the book of James, chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. It says this, we all, everybody say all, we all stumble in many ways. We all stumble in many ways. The Bible says if you find somebody who says that, that, they, that they don't sin, then they're, li- they're a liar and the truth isn't in them. You know, that's what the Bible says. They're just a liar. So we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Well, how many perfect people are in the world? Okay, there's none. So that means we all have trouble with our mouth. You're just as guilty as I am. And I'm just as guilty as you are. We all have troubles with our mouth. So... Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. How many know horses are pretty big? Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So he's talking about big things driven, that's actually driven by, by a small thing. Everybody see that? Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. And here is another example. Consider what a great forest, what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. So your tongue, let me say it like this, your tongue is a small part of your body. But it has the potential, your tongue has the potential to make a very big difference. Your tongue has the potential to make a very, very big difference. In fact, the Bible says that the success that you experience in life can oftentimes be based simply upon what you say or do not say. Let me prove that to you in Scripture. 1 Peter 3.10, watch this. For whoever would love life, like any of you who would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. So he's saying, if you want to see good days, if you want to live a successful life, you got to stop saying the wrong things. That's what that verse says. How many can see that in that verse? How many knows we need to learn how to control our tongue, right? We need to control our tongue. So I'm going to teach you five steps to ruin your life with your tongue. 
And, and these are, these are going to get hit home. I'm telling you, probably all of us have failed in every single one of these areas, and some of us more than others. Number one, ready? How to ruin your life with your tongue. Be fueled by emotions instead of wisdom. Just be fueled by emotions. Whatever your emotions say to do, just go ahead and do that. Whatever you want emotionally to say, just go ahead and say that, and you'll ruin your life. And by the way, you'll probably ruin the life's of others. But don't be wise. I mean, that just, that just doesn't make sense. Don't be wise. Just go ahead and be foolish. Be driven by emotions. And you know what I've taught you. If you don't control your emotions, they'll control you. And by the way, your emotions not only control you, but they have the potential of controlling others or trying to control others. And those, that develops into very unhealthy relationships. Number two, how to ruin your life. Speak curses instead of blessings. Just speak curses instead of blessings. Just, just tell people how awful they are. In fact, if you don't say it to their face, go ahead and tell everybody else that you know how awful somebody else is. Go ahead and just rip on everybody to whomever you want to. Just speak curses instead of blessings, and I promise you'll regret that. Number three, I love this one. Share your opinions as much as possible. Oh, because everybody loves that. I mean, can I tell you something? We all, we all love it when you share your opinion. We love it. I mean, it just means, it just ministers to us. It really does. How, how many can sense a little sarcasm there? Here, here's a little sarcasm for you too. Number four, never shut up, especially since you're so wise. Just say whatever you want to say, and we will be on pins and needles listening to you because your opinion matters. To us, and we hold to your every word. That's not true. Number five, focus your disputes, and this is a little bit more serious, but focus your disputes on those you love the most. Like those who, those who have committed to loving you, to being with you, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Just go ahead and take those disputes, those things that bother you, and go, and go ahead and complain to, to those who are not really involved. In fact, those who love you most, just go ahead and tear, tear up others in front of your family, in front of your wife, in front of your husband, in front of your children or your grandchildren. Just go ahead and ruin their days. And you'll know if you do those five things, how many know you're going to ruin your life? You'll, you'll, let me say it this way. You're going to live a miserable life if you live life like that. And yet, how many of us have been fueled by emotions instead of wisdom? We've spoken cursings instead of blessings. We've shared our opinions as much as possible. We wouldn't shut up because we thought we were so smart. And, and we decided to, to verbally rail in, into our family members, even though they're not at fault. We just decided to, to chew their heads off, you know, bite their heads off because, well, they were just there. They just happened to be in the way when we were having a bad day. You know that probably all of us in this room has failed on every single one of those levels, right? Right? And there is a better way to live life. There's a better way to live life. I want to teach you truths that will help you see good days. Now, the Bible says, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. You know what it says? It doesn't say if you want to see good days, stay silent doesn't say that. It says, keep your lips from evil 
and from deceitful speech. How many know that? You see that right there. It, it means you're obviously going to say some things. You're obviously going to communicate. But if you want to see some good days, here's some truths, new song, that you need to pay, to, uh, pay attention to. And, and, and well, let, let, let's start with number one. First of all, you need to know this, that your words reveal either wisdom or foolishness. The Bible is very, very clear about that. Foolish people talk all the time. They love to hear their own voice, the Bible says. Now, this is Justin's paraphrase. It said, actually, wise people are the ones who just stay silent and, and speak whenever the Spirit of God tells them to speak, whenever wisdom tells them to speak, that's when they speak. You know, something about my dad is when he spoke, I listened. Because he, did, he didn't say things just flippantly. He didn't, he, he didn't go off verbally. He, didn't, he, he, he was very good overall at controlling his tongue and controlling his thoughts. And when he spoke, he had wisdom. And boy, I would lean in. We need to lean into people who are wise. But we, we might need to turn away a little bit more from people who are foolish. And of course, if you have the tendency to talk all the time, can I tell you something? Not wise. Not wise. When we're in counseling, a lot of times my wife and I are just, I'm counseling somebody and, and we're talking about issues that they have in their life. And, and, and I, I just learned, I've learned over the years, just ask a lot of questions, just ask a lot of questions. And, and eventually you'll get to the kind of the root of the matter. Eventually it's all going to come out. And, and, and sometimes when you approach, say, hey, now, did, did that make sense? And all of a sudden they just, they can't, they can't shut up. They've got to defend it. They've got to defend it. And they're going to talk for five minutes about that one thing. And after a while, I, I just say, oh, okay, bring that down. I, I see that you're, you're pretty defensive about that. Well, no, I'm not. Uh, you just spent five minutes telling me why you're right, even though you wouldn't be in here if you were actually right. You see what I'm saying, everybody? That, that uh, foolishness seems to just talk a lot. And your words reveal either wisdom or foolishness. I'm, I'm going to prove this to you even more, but number two, write this down, that there is a language that brings pleasure to God. There is a language that brings pleasure to God. Now I'm going to prove this to you scripturally. Let, let me say it this way. There's a bullet point right underneath it. I want you to go ahead and fill it out too, that, that this language that brings pleasure to God, that this language is one that agrees with God. If you want to bring pleasure to, to God with your words, then you need to speak words that are in agreement with him. That, let me say it this way. You need to speak words that are in agreement with his word. Let, let me give you some examples of this. So your, your, words, your words can either magnify problems, right? You can magnify a problem with your words. You can create problems with your words. You can, you can create unnecessary drama around your problems. Have you ever noticed that? How many know some people who just drama all the time? Drama all the time. How many recognize that that's normally verbally, verbal drama all the time, all the time? You can create hopelessness in your heart about your problems. You can decrease or destroy your faith as you go through your problem, you, you, you can, uh, uh, um, your words can cause you to compare your lot in life with people who don't seem to have problems. Have you ever noticed that? That your words, well, they always and I never. 
or they never have to, but I always, you see what I'm saying? That your words can cause you to compare your lot in life. Your, your words can depress and defeat you in the face of problems. Your words have the power. Listen, listen, listen everybody. I, I'm, I'm asking you this. Do, do any of those things, do any of those things bring pleasure to God? And the obvious answer is no. Let me ask you this. Does God want you to magnify your problems? See, you have a choice. You can either magnify your problems or you can magnify the one who's going to deliver you out of your problems. You can either create problems with your words or you can magnify the one who is a savior, who is a deliverer, who is a redeemer, who redeems your life from the pit. You can either glorify him or glorify your problems. As for me, I've chosen, I'm just going to glorify the Lord in my problems. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm going to use my words to create hope. I'm going to use my words to create life. I'm going to use my words wisely. I'm not going to use them foolishly. And so if we come against an issue, and, and my wife and I, we've come against issues. Of course, we've come against issues in this church. You know, the devil is out to destroy the work of God. He's out to destroy godly families. He's out to destroy all of us who love the Lord Jesus Christ. And, 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 and the Bible is so very, very clear that in those moments, we have a choice as to what we do with our words. We can either speak life or speak death. We can speak blessings or we can speak curses. And I've just chosen in my life, I'm going to speak blessings. I'm going to speak life. That, that's what I'm going to do. And there is a language that brings pleasure to God, and it is a language that agrees with God. Now, you say, well, is, is God really concerned about the words that come out of our mouths. Yes, he is. In fact, the Bible says that we're going to be judged for every idle word. Now, now let, let me say this. I always had a problem when people presented this because it made it seem like, you know, right before God lets us into heaven, he's going to take out his leather belt and whip us and say, well, remember that word? Whack. Remember that word? Whack. Now get to your room. I prepared this mansion for you, but you're lucky to have it. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense, everybody? That doesn't make sense scripturally, does it? In fact, isn't the Bible very clear that when we stand before God as, as a devoted follower of Christ, that he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in. I, I created this for you. I knew you weren't going to be perfect, and I saved you out of that. Come and enjoy eternity with me. Doesn't that sound more like what he's talking about? Right. So, so how does he judge us for every word? Can I tell you this? I believe that there is a loss of reward. I believe there is a loss of reward. And the Bible says that, that, that a lot of good things done with the wrong motives are going to be burned up. But there's going to be a lot of things that we did just for the glory of the Lord because we were devoted to him. And those are going to create eternal rewards for us that we're going to be rewarded and we're going to lose out for things that we got wrong. Well, I don't want to lose out in heaven. I want, I want everything that the Lord wants for me. I want it all. And I'm going to be cautious with my words. In fact, there's a language that agrees with God. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you something out of the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 8 through 10. 
And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this very clear, clearly, it won't, or quickly, it won't be on your screen, but listen to this. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. And I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of their land. Then... Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, so the Moabite, Moabite king, started a war against Israel. And he summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. Remember, uh, the, the Moabite king went to Balaam and he said, Hey, listen, I know that you know how to use your words, and I want you to come, and I want you to speak a curse over the Israelites so that we won't be defeated. And Balaam goes there and he says, I can't do it. Like the Lord, in fact... <laughs> What did he end up doing? He ended up blessing the Israelites and refusing to curse them. So it says, Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to, to curse you. But I would not, this is God talking, but I would not listen to him. Instead, God says, I made Balaam bless you, and so I rescued you from Balak. This is is so amazing that God took control of Balaam and he said, listen, I'm going to have my way here for the Israelites. These are my children and I'm going to have my way in their lives and I refuse to allow you to speak and curse them. You're going to tell, you're going to speak over them what I tell you to speak over them. It's because God understands something that you and I sometimes struggle with, that God knows the power of words. Isn't that what that's saying? That God knows the power of words. I mean, come on, everybody. If, if Balaam said, hey, okay, I'm going to go ahead and curse the Israelites, and God let that happen, couldn't, didn't God have the power to override anything that Balaam would say? Well, of course he has the power, but he's trying to make a point here. He's trying to say, no, 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 these words matter. The words that come out of your your mouth, they matter. God knows the power of words. And he actually controlled Balaam so that Balaam would speak a blessing instead of a curse. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be controlled by God when it comes to my mouth. Come on, everybody. I want to be controlled by God when it comes to my mouth. I don't want to say anything that is, that is against God or against his child. How many times have you ripped up somebody in the Christian faith and you said, well, they can't be a Christian because rah, 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 they wouldn't dress like that. And they wouldn't have tattoos all over their body. and They wouldn't rah, rah, go there. They wouldn't do. Can I tell you something? Why, why, why curse somebody? You don't know their heart. You don't know where they are with Christ. The Bible says there's some people who look like they know Jesus and they don't. And there's some people that don't look like they know Jesus and they do. So everybody, I learned a lesson a long time ago. It is not mine to judge who's a Christian and who's not a Christian. That is up to God. I can only look at their fruit and say, is there fruit in their life? You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. Okay. So there is a language that brings pleasure to God and is one that agrees with God. Number three, write this down. That your tongue is actually a weapon given to you by God to defeat the devil's strategies and attacks. 
That he said, he said, I'm going to do something for my children. I'm going to, I'm going to do something for, for humanity. I'm going to give them power in the tongue, in their mouths, to speak words of life and words of blessing. And it's going to make a different, difference in their life. I am going to give them a weapon. The problem is most of you, you use your tongue as a weapon or you have in the past. Every time that you, that you, Speak foolishly every time that you curse, every time that you speak death on somebody. You're using your tongue the wrong way. And what you'd fail to understand is actually your tongue is a weapon. And with it, you can destroy people. Or with it, you can build somebody up. And you can encourage them and bless them. That the Lord has given you a weapon. He has given you a weapon. Do not be casual about the weapon known as your tongue. Don't be casual about that. This is good stuff, everybody. I'm telling you, I'm preaching. You know this verse. I've shared it with you over and over and over again. It's Proverbs 18, 21, that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue is a weapon. Your tongue is a weapon, and it, has, it, it, it is powerful, and it has the power to produce results in your life. That your tongue is powerful. It is a weapon. In fact, number four, write this down. Whether good or bad, your tongue always produces a harvest. <laughs> your tongue always produces a harvest. Well, as for my tongue, I want to... Okay, so let, let, if you say, where's that in Scripture? I just read it to you, Proverbs 18, 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning your tongue will yield something in your life. It will either yield good harvests or bad harvests. You're going to harvest something with your tongue. And if you speak life, you're going to harvest life. But if you speak death, you're going to harvest death. If you speak blessings, you're going to harvest blessings. But if you speak curses, you're going to harvest Curses. So for the person that goes around and says, well, they're, so, and they're always blessed, but I never. You just cursed yourself. You just cursed yourself. And guess what you're going to reap? You're going to harvest that. But nothing ever good happens to me. Well, now I know why. Because you're using your weapon the wrong way. Your harvest is going to be a bad harvest. It's not going to be a good harvest. And I can give you story after story after story about ministry, about life in general, when I just, I just changed the way that I spoke about something, and I made some declarations in my life, in the life of this church, in my wife, in my children. I just started making some declarations, and all of a sudden, I started reaping harvests of goodness, harvests of blessings, because I used my weapon for me and not against me, everybody. There is a language that brings pleasure to God, and it is a language of life. It is a, it is a language of blessings. It is a language that agrees with his word. And so I find out what's in his word, and I speak that. I just speak that. There are promises in the word of God that I, that I speak, that I, that I adhere to, that I embrace, and say, Father, I might be a messed up guy, and I might have several things wrong in my life, and I know I don't always get it right, but your word says, and then I agree with it, and I speak it, and it comes to pass. 
I'm just telling you, life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. It, you will and do receive harvests based upon your words, based upon your words. Well, let's get our words right, amen? Let's get our words right. I wanna encourage you, stand up today. I wanna encourage you with several things actually. If you don't know the promises of God, you, you, start, you need to start there, and you need to start speaking those promises. Now, there's books that you can get off of Amazon. We used to have some in the library. I still don't, I don't know if they're still there or not. But get a hold of a Bible promise book. They're everywhere. And they're usually just two or three bucks on Amazon Prime. You know, just have it delivered and, and find out what the Bible says, that there are promises in the Word of God. And I mean hundreds of them. So... What are you dealing with? Well, find some promises. If you say, I don't know how to search for those in the Bible, well, go order that Bible promise book. And when it comes in, say, Father, this is what your word says, and I declare this over my life. I'm using my tongue as a weapon for good. I'm using my tongue to defeat the enemy. I'm using my tongue so that I can enjoy your blessings. I'm using my tongue so, so that I can receive exactly what you have for me to receive. I'm using my tongue for my benefit. I'm using it for the benefit of my spouse. I'm using it for the benefit of my family. I'm using it for the benefit of my church. I'm using it for the benefit of your church, God. So your tongue is a weapon. Your tongue is a weapon. And we're going to make a declaration this morning. This is the altar call, everybody, because we live in, a, in this crazy world. Lots of things are happening. Lots of things are going on. And we're going to make a declaration of faith. Today, right now, we're gonna all use our tongue as a weapon. And we're gonna make a, a wonderful declaration, and I left it in your sermon notes because it's so powerful, but I think it's gonna be on your screen. Is it on the screen? Let's put it up there. There it is. So everybody, we're gonna repeat this, and this is it. This is our prayer for the day. This is, this is mass altar call right here, just by making a declaration. And we're gonna say it out loud. By the way, you need to do that. You need, to, you need to hear yourself say it. And the Bible says that we don't withhold those words, that we have to say so. We have to, we have to declare it. We have to declare it and not just think it, everybody. Everybody see that? So in faith, I declare, everybody, let's do this together. In faith, I declare, I don't have problems. I have opportunities for God's wisdom, grace, and power to be demonstrated in my life. I am controlled by faith, not by fear. I am an overcomer, a victory, a victory, a winner, and a conqueror because of and through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, let's put our hands together and bless the Lord. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.